Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, joined as always by Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. How's everybody doing this afternoon? I'm not, as, I'm not as angry about not being called the one and only this week <laughs> as I was as I was that last You're, are week. Are you I've over been, it? I, I am. I've, I've moved on. I've moved past. We've had some basketball. I haven't won Rip It in a while, so I have nothing really to toot my horn. And so Max deserves all the credit. Also, you brought it up like four times on the last podcast, so I think yeah. you got it out of your system. I, yeah, that's true. I did vent a little. It was good, though. That's healthy, right? This is kind of a therapy session yeah, for know, Blazers fans. This is a safe space. This is where you can you know, I, I warned out. you last week. Don't call it a safe space, man. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, it seems to be, to be going well because this week we got a ton of listener questions and comments. So we're going to get to that in just a little while, which really excited to hear some of your guys' answers to those questions. Yeah. Uh, but you guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions. So there's three answers on KGW.com. So go check it out. That's where Jared does a really good job of putting this together, and you can see our written answers as well. So let's dive right in. You guys cool with that? Let's do it. All right, question number one. The Blazers have lost two of three since the All-Star break, and they're still without Damian Lillard. But they've actually gained a game and a half on the Grizzlies, who have lost four in a row. What a world we live in yeah. right now, <laughs> what man. What a time to be alive if you're a Blazers fan. With 23 games left, Portland trails eighth place Memphis by just two and a half games. So, guys, on a scale of one to ten, what's your confidence level that the Blazers will make the playoffs this season? I'll start off with this one. Uh, last week, if we had to answer this question, mine would have been at a one, and it was because <laughs> just because of the fact that, yes, Damian Lillard's hurt, but he'll be back at some point, you know, and because you have Damian Lillard, you have a chance type thing. Mm-hmm. And granted, they have got a little bit closer. They're a game and a half closer than they were uh, a week ago to Memphis. So now my confidence level has risen, guys. Oh, it's oh. up to two. Oh, man. <laughs> we're up to two oh, on the confidence man. level meter now. You doubled your number. I doubled it up, Woo. 50% right there. Uh, That's pretty faint praise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as we discussed, everything the Blazers need to happen has had has happened over the last week. Uh, Memphis has lost all four games since the All-Star break, and they'll continue to have a difficult schedule. Uh after the Indiana game tonight, Portland's schedule really softens up. They get six games in a row against teams below 500 before they have to play Memphis again. And so the schedule suggests 
Portland is primed to make up ground, and we expect at some point during the stretch, before they play Memphis again, Damian Lillard will be back to lead the horses and lead them on this charge here. But oh, <laughs> the Blazers, as I discussed, still have to play Memphis two more times. Oh, uh, we 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 all remember that Memphis won the first matchup with Damian Lillard playing the whole game for the most part. He missed the last couple minutes, but. Yeah. He played the full game, so the Blazers were at full strength, and Memphis still beat them. It was at Memphis. It was at Memphis, but... And Memphis was at full strength. Correct. They aren't at full strength right now, so that's another thing going for the Blazers' way. Good point, Jared. (laughs) Good point. Can't wait to get to predictions. I'm still still stuck at two on my confidence meter here. Uh, And one of the reasons is I don't think Portland will win both of the two remaining matchups against Memphis. And so, because Portland has dropped the first one, they need to win both in order to own the tiebreaker over Memphis. So, if they split the two games left at the Moda Center this year, Memphis will have the tiebreaker over them, and Portland won't gain ground on them in terms of head-to-head matchups. If they win both of them, they gain two games, but if you split, even Steven, nothing happens there. And also, Memphis may not be the team Portland has to worry about here. Uh, they're the team ahead of the Blazers right now, but just half a game behind the Blazers is the New Orleans Pelicans and, of course, Zion Williamson. And the Pelicans have won eight of their last 12 games. They have a favorable schedule. And because they swept the Blazers in the regular season, they own the tiebreaker over Portland. So, to me, I don't, I'm not confident that the Blazers can finish the season ahead of both Memphis and New Orleans, especially because I don't believe that they'll have the tiebreaker over either of those teams, so they will need to finish a full game clear of those teams in order to make the postseason to confidence level. Still not feeling it, man. How about you, Jared? That's cool. Um, oh, wow, I'm that not, was pretty dismissive. Oh, That's yeah, cool. I loved it. That's cool. <laughs> I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, like, a lot higher on the confidence level than you. I'm putting, oh, come on. I'm putting mine at a four. Oh, okay. I expected Jared to be are we sure that's not a want want want? There we go. I get both of them. Yes. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I I thought about putting it at a five, but it's kind of like you talked about. They kind of have to. I mean, they've got a bunch of teams behind them right now that are all kind of bunched tight together, but they have to get past both Memphis and they have to hold off the Pelicans. I'm not really worried about Memphis because I think that with their injuries to key players, the most challenging schedule in the league. I think they're going to continue to lose. But I think the team that has the best chance of surging past the Grizzlies and past the Blazers and getting that eighth spot, like you said, it's those Pelicans. Zion Williamson is incredible. That team is has good talent. They're really healthy. They don't have any of the injury concerns that all these other teams have right now. And they have an easier schedule than the Blazers. The Blazers have, like, the fifth easiest schedule going forward, but the Pelicans have the easiest schedule left in the NBA. So that's why my confidence level is at a four. I'm not counting the Blazers out, but there's so many uncertain things right now that are going to have to go their way for them to make the playoffs. You have to get Damian Lillard back in the next few games. He can't miss more than, you know, three games, four games maybe, or they could – fall out of this. They need Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins probably to come back soon or sometime in March to to shore up their depth because their bench is terrible. Even when you get Damian Lillard back, that bench is still going to be a dumpster fire. And Woo. once Lillard and hopefully one or both of those players are back, I do think at that point that the Blazers could go on a run because their schedule is so easy. Yep. 
So I do. I'm not counting the Blazers out, but I just think that the the Pelicans have an easier path to get into the playoffs than the Blazers do right now. Until Lillard gets back for the next few games, the Blazers have to beat the bad teams on their schedule. I don't think that you can expect them or that the Blazers should even expect to beat the good teams right now. They just don't have enough talent. But if you want to stay ahead of the Pelicans, and if you don't want Memphis to be able to gain ground or you know extend their lead against you, the Blazers have to beat the bad teams on their schedule. And we'll talk about predictions later and see if we think they can do that. Orlando, last week, uh, I believe you made the bold declaration. Was this a week or two weeks ago? When you said week, you, you're, they're making the playoffs, man. So where, book where are you? We have book, it. book it. Book it. And that is why my confidence meter is at a six. Oh, a man. six? That's barely above. No, 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 no. That's in, in the written part, you said a six or a seven. You are willing to go all the way up to seven. That that is also accurate. I honestly expected higher. He said, "Book it." That should be a <laughs> ten, man. The only the only reason that I had to you left a lot of wiggle room there. Hedge a little bit is because of those Pelicans. I think yeah. that's fair. That their schedule is pretty weak. They're playing really well. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I'm expecting Damian Lillard to come back sooner rather than later. Yeah, they're gonna go on a on a streak here. They're gonna win a lot of games down down the stretch. And like you guys said, I think they're going to pass uh, Memphis. And I'm looking at those two games yeah. as the Blazers winning those two games to overtake them. Okay, I believe the Pelicans still have to play the Grizzlies as well. Um, I think they have one or two against them. You could be right during this stretch. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Watching those three to four teams, even Sacramento's played really well lately. Yeah. I think they've won seven it's of the last ten. It's not fun watching Sacramento. <laughs> I don't that's, care what that's you're fair. Saying. We don't have to watch Sacramento. Oh, okay, good. But what I'm saying is the race. Oh, okay. To yes, it. And knowing fair. there are multiple teams in there where games and teams that we normally wouldn't care about will start to matter as we go down the stretch here with 23 games left to play. So I like the Blazers' chances because of their schedule, because I, I believe that Damian Lillard – and C.J. McCollum are going to be playing their best basketball of the year at the right time. They're going to need some breaks, specifically with with the Pelicans, but I like their odds at catching Memphis. Okay. C.J. McCollum has played – I mean, we t- we talked last week, you know, is the criticism he re- he was receiving, yeah. you know, during the All-Star break fair or not. And we talked – Orlando specifically mainly talked about how he has to play his best basketball of the year right now. To kind of carry this team, and yeah, they're just one and two, but CJ's played really well. Yep. In the three games since, I mean, they don't beat Detroit without him going off. No, no, and they and would be zero and three. And the the thing that was really impressive too were his, his assists, yeah, um, especially to start the game. Like he's made it a point uh, to really get involved. I think one of those games he had seven in the first quarter, and then another one he had like four in the first quarter. So you can tell the focus was on okay, let's really get these guys going, and then I can get my shot at as as the games go yeah. on. And in that Detroit game specifically, uh, you saw a little bit of that where it was uh, damish in yeah. a way, where it was, all right, I want to get guys confident. I want to get them their looks. I want to get them their touches. But when the game is on the line or we need a big bucket, I'm going to go get it. Early in the fourth quarter, he was shooting, man. He, he was going down there, and he was going to shoot. Yeah. And he was making them for the most part. And you like seeing that type of leadership. This was a, a, Did any of you guys feel like this was kind of like a weird week because – yeah, they got closer, and they're in a much better position <laughs> now than they were before the All-Star break. But you they don't feel good about it. They right? didn't really do anything <laughs> that impressed you yeah. over the last week. They squeaked by a really bad Pistons team, and then they lost uh, 
the Pelicans and the Celtics controlled those games against the Blazers and they lost. So but it's kind of weird. They didn't do anything to hurt their chances beyond what I expected. That's yeah. that, that was like my this point. team. They're just they don't have enough to yeah. to beat anyone except for the the worst teams in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how well CJ plays or you know Melo's playing pretty good right now too. It's just they don't have enough. They're not talented enough. So I it's been a weird week. It kind of feels like this season right now is really boring. Even though <laughs> for some reason I agree with you that. This should be an entertaining, interesting race down the stretch for that eight seed, but I haven't felt that excitement yet, and hopefully when Dame comes back, it'll feel like I that. I think you're going to be excited once they start beating these bad teams. Maybe, yeah, like yeah. The, like Maybe. There's going to be a lot of um, excitement around well, What team. if they don't beat the bad teams? And the season's over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's then the excitement simple. level is dropped well, yeah, way down. Then we're talking about something else. Then I start looking at mock drafts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you already did that, Jared. <laughs> I do that. But I look at them. Yeah. I think of you now when I see Dayton, by there the way. Yeah. <laughs> Rank number four in the country. <laughs> What's up, Max? Uh, just to close the book on the Pelicans and Grizzlies, they play each other twice more this season mm. wow. uh, in a span of three days in, late, right, in late March. Wow. So in late March, the Grizzlies might have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark back. The and gr- I think once they have those two back, I think that they'll, they'll be you know, good again. Like this one thing that's going in the Grizzlies' favor is they can lose to the Clippers and whoever else in the West, the Rockets. But if you have two matchups against the Blazers and two with the Pelicans back left, and say you sweep them, like that's huge for oh Memphis yeah. moving. Like they still really, we're acting like they're not two and a half up and have really control of their own destiny here. They're totally in control of it. It's just a matter of. As Jared said, will they be able to overcome the injuries and the tough schedule they have down the stretch? Yeah. We'll be talking about Memphis and New Orleans. Yeah. Woo! Wow. Zion and Ja, the top two picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know uh, which team the league wants to have that AC. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Portland, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two, guys. We all know the Blazers had higher expectations going into the season, and a lot of things have Contributed to the team being in a tough spot. What has been the biggest singular thing that happened this season that put the Blazers in the position that they find themselves in right now? Uh, I read this question with more care and a little closer than I have previous questions because Nate wrote this one, and it's a really good question. And he put in there very specifically singular things. So I Yeah, one thing. Pay attention to that this Yeah, time. you can't just say injuries. Right. We want well, one specific I thing a, that happened. I had a feeling Nate wrote that question. Uh, what? <laughs> it's a good one. It was such a punk question. <laughs> punk question. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll take a stab at this. You show respect question. to the Rip It champion. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zach Collins and his injury. I think that there have been a lot of things that have gone wrong this season, but I think that was what started it. And it was kind of just like after that, it was a domino effect that the Blazers could never recover from. Uh, Nate, you spoke about it on the podcast before the season began about how yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> risk. I don't even know where he's going right <laughs> now, but yeah, not, I did. How do you, you not know smiling. where I'm going? <laughs> Keep going. It's the risk of Portland putting so much on Colin Schultz. Oh, yes. Yeah, you talked about I that. I did. Yep, that was yeah. you. And though he's right because – in the 86 minutes Collins played this season, the Blazers, and granted, small sample size, but I don't care, the Blazers outscored their opponents by 13 points per 100 possessions. That's fantastic. But when he got hurt, they had nobody to pick up the slack. Yep. Even after they signed Carmelo Anthony, and all due respect to Carmelo Anthony, and he deserves a lot of respect, since Collins was injured, 
The Blazers have received negative production from the power forward spot for 48 minutes per game, all season long. Carmelo Anthony has been a nice story, but when he's on the court, Portland is outscored by 0.3 points per 100 possessions. He's still giving them negative value, and Collins wasn't. And the backup minutes are even worse. Going into the season, I thought Pau Gasol and Anthony Tolliver were going to be good veterans for this team that they'd be able to provide effective limited minutes. And I know you doubted that, Nate. Yeah. And you were right. Yeah, I like where Jared's oh, – man, wow. this is Jared's wow. best answer of the season wow. right here. Woo. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just trying to get on your good side. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it just – it didn't work out. Gasol was never a factor. By one by one measurement, by one metric, Tolliver is the worst player in the NBA this season. Real plus minus, your yep, favorite. That is my favorite. And down the stretch, once those two moved on, Portland's had to get by – in those backup minutes with players like Caleb Swanigan, the Blazers are outscored by nine points per 100 possessions when he's on the court, and Winyan Gabriel, and the Blazers are outscored by eight points per 100 possessions when he's on the court. So when you have one position and you're getting nothing, and in fact negative production from that position the entire game, how can you recover from that? Yeah. And I know that they've had similar situations at the small forward position, but I think that the power forward position has been the biggest area of weakness and just disaster for this season, and it all started with Zach Collins. So I think that the Blazers were probably shouldn't have depended on Zach Collins so much at the start of the season. They probably should have brought along players who were more reliable to play backup minutes, but that's not what happened. And so I think that Collins was the biggest, biggest singular thing that went wrong this season. When he was removed from the equ- equation, it just brought – it brought the Blazers down like a house of cards. So that's my answer. And I'll give credit to all of us on the podcast. I'm going to share the love <laughs> here, guys. Orlando, oh, here man, we go. Here he, he's we shaking go. his head over here. <laughs> uh, no, because at the beginning of the year, like, yeah, I questioned, you know, how much pressure and they were putting on Collins, how much they're in order for them to have success, that Collins had to play, be healthy, and play well. But we all, Neil Olshay at the beginning of the year talked about, this is the deepest yeah. team the Blazers have ever had. And all of us called BS in one form or another on that. We said, if everyone plays at their best potential, then yes, this team was going to be the deepest that they had. But we all had real reservations about that being the case and thought the team they finished with last year was deeper than the team they started with this year. And obviously, that's proven out to be the case. Yeah. And Zach Collins was undoubtedly a big loss and a pivotal moment in the Blazers' season, all the way back in Game 3 of the year. But I'm going to go with a different injury. Um, I'm going to go with the Rodney Hood injury. And here's going to be my reasoning behind this, because Zach Collins, as I said, was significant. But I feel like the Blazers, right before Rodney Hood got hurt, I felt like they were finally starting to overcome that Zach Collins injury. And that was because they had finally had the starting lineup of Hassan Whiteside, Carmelo Anthony, Rodney Hood, C.J. McCollum, and Damian Lillard. They had that starting lineup for five full games. In the sixth game against the Lakers, Hood got hurt. So in those five full games they played together, the Blazers went 4-1 and one in those five games. They were 5-12 and 12 on the season leading up to those five games and had been 3-11 and 11 since Zach Collins got hurt. So that yeah. proves a little bit to your point. And their wins were against Chicago twice, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. The loss was to the Clippers. So during that five-game span, it wasn't the toughest competition they played, but the offense – we all thought at the time, had started to find its footing and really started to take off and overwhelm teams with that starting five. And the stats bared that out. That group together in those five games had 125.3 offensive rating and a plus 10.1 net rating. 
when that group was on the floor, they shot 55% from the field wow. and 45% from three in those five games. And the team went from 5-12 and 12 to 9-13. and 13. They were gaining confidence. We all started thinking, okay, yes, they lost Zach Collins, but they're starting to turn a corner here. They're starting to turn the page on this season. They're going to, you know, probably still be in the bottom end of the playoff race, but they're going to make the playoffs because they have an offense now that can overwhelm below average teams and can compete even though their defense isn't great against above average teams. But then Rodney Hood got hurt against the Lakers and all that newfound energy, Orlando was at the game. It was immediately zapped from this team. And I think that was the moment when not only fans, but I think maybe players in that locker room realized, man, this is going to be a season where we're not going to catch any breaks. And in fact, the bad breaks are going to keep happening for us this year. And so for me, I think that was probably the most singular significant uh, event that has led to the Blazers having as poor of a season as they've had this year. The only thing I'll, I'll question really quick, and I, I think that's a good answer, but it's just that that stretch that you talked about was against really, really bad competition. They didn't really play anyone of yeah. consequence. And so I don't know well, if Oklahoma city if they'd been, Oh yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I don't know if they'd been able to, keep that up if he had stayed healthy. Yeah, I don't know if they could have either, but that was like with your Zach Collins, that was the sample size we were given. True. And at the yeah. time, I remember, at least for me at the time, I was really starting to buy in, okay, this team is really starting to move forward finally. Yeah. They, they were stuck in mud, treading water, and now they're starting to improve, and we're seeing that. And then all of a sudden, he got hurt, Rodney Hood got hurt, and it was like, oh, my gosh, how can they? <laughs> they can't just keep losing starters and expect to be a playoff team. Yeah, and I felt that way at the time too. The, the reason why I, I called your question a punk question. Punk question, <laughs> huh? It's because you're asking. How was that, how was that answer? To, was to, that a punk answer to that question? We're having to split hairs on, on a very <laughs> tough topic Yeah. Um, that, to Jared's point, requires some thought. And oh. And really had to think about <laughs> it. Yeah, oh, man. I, to, I made Orlando so think wait, a little wait, wait. bit I'm here. not here for that. So you're, you're saying the questions that I come up with require no thought. Yes, yeah, so that is what <laughs> he man, just, just said. Like insult, insult, yeah, insult. Yeah, that is what he said. Rude. I love He's burning all the bridges <laughs> right now. All I, the I bridges. Love, I love your question. <laughs> Nate's not so much. Mm. But this one was a good one. Yeah. Woo, good, good. All right. Um, but it is a punk question. Still. <laughs> what did you come up with in your thought be, because process? Because the, the answer is injuries. Yes, of course. So now we have to go down the line of injuries and yep. decide which injury mattered more. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, Zach Collins was very important. Like, they banked on him to, to a degree that they shouldn't have. Yeah. And I guess my only thing with Zach was – we still don't know what we really get with Zach. Yeah. Like, it was so early in the season. Like, we're still trying to figure that out. So, I thought the Blazers will work through that. They'll figure it out. Um, yeah. They'll be fine. Mm -hmm. They get to this point of the year. Yusuf Nurkic will be back. He'll clean up a lot of the defensive deficiencies that they have. They'll be fine. Yeah. When the Rodney Hood injury happened, I even downplayed it Yeah. as something that, that was significant. But when I look back on it now, I was like, that was kind you of you know the why you downplayed it at the time. What do you think? You were still on Baysmore Island. That makes sense. It was yeah. sunny. Yeah. Like I had <laughs> that, a nice that's place right. there. Like it had a chance for redemption for clear, your man. Clear water. It wasn't sunny. It was raining was, and stormy, but you I had was, sunglasses on. See, I was in it, man, and <laughs> I wasn't phased by it. And when I look back on it now, that felt like the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. To all the points that you made, uh, being in that locker room after the game, like, yeah, they lost to the Lakers. It was a big game. A lot of people were watching, but. Everybody seemed to be talking about 
what happened to Rodney Hood. And what made it even worse was that he was having such a great year. Yeah, was, that's right. He was shooting the ball at such yep. a high clip. Like, it just seemed like they found their answer at that position at that point, even though yeah. it was 23 games in yeah. or whatnot. So I really think that stung. And I wish I would have hammered this home a little harder on uh, the written portion. But to your point about, yeah, they were playing bad teams, but they were winning. They were finding success. So much of it was around that continuity and consistency. And now when we look back at not only the, the bad defense, the bench, the uh, poor shooting at times, but it's the lack of continuity and consistency. The 21 or 20-plus yeah. different starting lineups that they've yeah. had has played a role, and it has been difficult for guys to figure out where they stand on a team that has so much shuffle involved with it. Yeah. So for me personally – I thought the, the Rodney Hood injury was the biggest one because that was the moment when I thought, oh, man, like this season is headed somewhere bad. Yeah. And even though the players would never come out and say that, and maybe it hadn't hit them yet, but when I reflect back on it, it was kind of heavier than just a, an injury. Yeah. And since it was a significant injury, when you know he's he – he's Everyone knew immediately he was out for the year. Yeah, no, he's not coming back. That's when, that's when now looking back I felt it. All right, but I'll, I'll argue that – you felt that way because it was compounded by the earlier Zach yeah. Collins injury. Correct. Correct. Do you think, let's say one of those two players was able to stay healthy, which player would have benefited the Blazers long-term for having him the entire season, Rodney Hood starting at small forward or Zach Collins starting at power forward? That's an interesting question because would the Blazers have signed Mello if Zach Collins had stayed healthy? No. And if not, then who are you starting at small forward if you're the Blazers? And I, I, it's a good question, you too. You probably would have if, started if Bazemore. If got hurt, you still would have started and then Bazemore. You'd, and then you ship him. I, I guess you still – you would have probably a reason still now. maybe would have a reason. You'd still have a reason now. Zach's – And still a bad bench. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Zach's ceiling is higher. So, yes, yeah. Zach likely is, is the answer to your question. But my point is, like, we still don't know. Like, yeah. maybe he's, he's picking up four fouls in the first half, and right. so he's only yeah. playing – 15, 20 minutes a game because he can't get out of foul trouble. And even Maybe. if he had stayed healthy, there's still no depth behind him. Right. And so that, that was still my reasoning behind question number two here is I don't know yeah. about Zach. Yeah. Like, the potential is there to be a very good player. It goes back to the discussion we had at the beginning of the season in terms of the depth. Like with Zach Collins, like if he you know plays to his best ability, his ceiling, I think, in terms of the impact he has on the team is higher than Rodney Hood's. Yes. But yeah. I think you could – feel like you could count on be more dependent on Rodney Hood to give it to you just because we've seen it more and he's been in the league longer and as you talked about he was having one of his best shooting seasons if not the best shooting season of his career and he was also checking the best you know defensive mm -hmm. guards or the best yeah. offensive players on the other team at yeah. that time uh, and so I think Rodney Hood was the guy you could probably depend on more but if Zach Collins had played the way he played those first two and three quarters of a game he got to play mm -hmm. I think to answer your question, he probably was the bigger loss. All right, guys. It's time to, to make some picks. Woo! Let's see how we feel about that playoff push. <laughs> question number three is, is always a, a prediction here if you're new to the podcast. Uh, the, the question here, we go week by week, and we pick the games that are, that are happening that week. So the Blazers will play four games between now and our next podcast. Tonight at the Pacers, who are 34-24. and 24. Saturday at the Atlanta Hawks, who are 17-43. and 43. Monday at the Orlando Magic, who are 26 and 32, and then Wednesday at home against the Washington Wizards, they're 21 and 36. 
Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose? Well, let's give an update on where we stand so far this season. We all had a perfect week in the first game after the All-Star break. Returned refreshed yep, yep. and with new knowledge and know exactly what was going to happen. Jared, 40-16 and 16 yeah. overall 40 on the spot, season. Dude. Wow, that is really good. Orlando, 37-19, and 19, three games back. And I am 36-20, and 20, four games back of Jared. One game back of Orlando. So right I've got there. some ground to make up, though. We're right there. <laughs> yeah, man. we are. But we still got I, – I, me specifically has some ground to make up. So let's talk about this week. Uh, it's tough because of Lillard's injury. We don't know when he's going to come back. You've got to pick a side, basically. You do. And so the Pacers game to me was the easiest because, yes, they struggled. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. But without Lillard, I think it's really difficult to see a way that the Blazers beat Indiana on the road. So – Going with the Pacers there. And I'm also going to take Atlanta to beat the Blazers. And what will be, if mm. that happens, Rip City Twitter is going to be <laughs> off the chain on oh. Saturday if they lose to the Hawks. Hawks, yes, they have the worst record in the Eastern Conference, 17-43. and 43. But they are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. They've been one of the worst offensive teams in terms of efficiency all season. But they've been 11th during that span over the last 10 games. So they've been better recently. I'm also banking that Lillard will not be playing in that game. And so I, I'm going to take a flyer on Atlanta, and I'm going to say the Hawks uh, beat the Blazers in a demoralizing loss. And then uh, I, think, I think Lillard comes back after seeing that nonsense, and they, they uh, beat the Magic and the Wizards a 2-2 two and two week for the Blazers. Good. I was really wondering how you were going to split this week up, Nate. Yeah, he's three and one for the Blazers was just. It looks like it should be three and <laughs> yeah, one, but you, you know that's it. not going to happen, <laughs> man. You know that's not going to happen. So I went ahead and went three and one this week. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. And and it's it. I mean, so much of this, I basically was like, I got to pick a side. Is Dame coming back? Is he not coming back? When's he coming back? Also, you booked the playoffs, so you and, gotta you gotta. And pick I said, it's true. <laughs> they gotta win these games. They're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not ready to uh, flip flop yet. Yeah. <laughs> as I look over at Nate. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> all that matters is when you're right in the end, baby. <laughs> yes, it's true, man. <laughs> when they don't make the postseason, I'm gonna be like, remember all that flip. <laughs> Flopping Orlando. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So I still have 23 games to go before I've got to. Yeah, concede. that's fine. But um, to your point with the Pacers, um, they've. I, I I tried to take a 4-0 week. Oh <laughs> wow, a 4-0 week. <laughs> but oh, I was like, man. I was like, how far back do I want to be in, in the uh, season predictions? Oh man, you know, 4-0. Hunt. So uh, Pacers are are still a good team. It's on the road. Um, I I think the Pacers will win that game. Um, and Atlanta, this was another pick em. I thought the Atlanta-Orlando games were both kind of pick em games. Okay. Um, but I'm going to roll with the fact that I think Damian Lillard will be back. All right. And I think that uh, they win both of those games. You you have Dame coming back against Atlanta? I'm, I'm hoping that he wow. does, even though even though what Casey Holdall had reported, it's probably not going to happen. And uh, the, he did leave the door open to maybe meeting up with the team in Orlando. Yeah. Um. But I think even if they don't have Dame, I still, I, I I'll still take the Blazers to beat the Hawks. Um, Remember that first matchup went to OT back yeah. here in Portland at the yeah. beginning of the year. And I I, I kind of see it a, 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 as a similar way that the the Pistons game yeah. played out, where and that that's kind of why I'm calling them pick'em games. And then um, I like the Blazers at home. I think they'll be uh, Dame will be back, and I think that um, hopefully at that point we'll be talking a little bit more about Yusuf Nurkic. 
Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. I hope so. A little tease there. Yeah. So th- three and one this week. Uh, this could be one that either helps me or, or hurts yeah. me in terms of Nate uh, leapfrogging me. I'll tell you this. If or the Blazers go 4-0 over oh these next gosh. four games, I'm <laughs> flip-flopping next week in terms of if they make the playoffs. I'm flip-flopping <laughs> if they go 4-0 over these four. Jared, did you pick him to go 4-0? Please. No, I did not pick him to go 4-0. Oh. Listen, without Lillard, the Blazers are at a huge disadvantage. The starting lineup has still been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a plus three positive net rating, so that's good. But they're getting run off the court whenever the bench comes in, and I expect that to just get worse on the road. So I have them. Uh, I don't think Lillard will be back on this road trip at all. Ooh. Um, I think that he might come back against the Magic, but I wouldn't bet on it. And so I think his the earliest he'll come back in my mind is against the Wizards. So on the road trip, I have the Blazers going one and two. Okay. Uh, losing to the Pacers, beating the Hawks, and losing to the uh, Magic. All right. Let's then I do it. think Lillard will be back against Washington, and I'll <laughs> give Portland a win there. So two and two in the next four games. The good news for me, looking at this, I expect a beat-up Memphis team to keep losing because they've been outscored by 71 yeah, points in the past crushed. four games. Yeah. And they're, they have nothing you know, at the power forward position. Yeah. You know? Sounds so, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Pelicans over the next four games are going to go two and two as well. Oh. I think they'll beat the Cavs and the Wolves, but I think they'll lose to the Lakers and they'll lose on the road to the Mavericks. So I think this time next week, even if the Blazers go two and two, I think we're still going to be in the middle of a very tight playoff race. So I think that's good news for the Blazers. I like it. I All like right. it. Max, do we have questions? Let me check. You've got mail. Oh. Hey. Woo. It sounds like we do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, thanks to everybody who sent in their questions. Jared, let people know how they can do that. Yeah, this week we got questions from every way that you can send them. We got uh, mm-hmm. You can send questions by email. Send them to 3on3blazers at gmail.com. Uh, you can send questions to us on Twitter. We will solicit questions the day of the podcast. Uh, you can send questions to us on Twitter whenever you want. Or uh, I will put a request for questions in Facebook groups the for Blazers fans, so look for them there and send us your questions. We love answering your questions. All right, we're going to start out with Rohan here. Rohan wants to know, who are the most realistic free agents we can get using our trade exceptions? All right, so you can't get a free trade agent exceptions. with a trade exception. Yeah. Um, you can make a trade where you acquire a player that fits within the trade exception you have, and you don't have to send back matching salary. Yeah, You can't pair a trade exception with another player or anything like that. So it's very unlikely that the Blazers will use their trade exceptions because it's very unlikely in the NBA that trade exceptions are used. It rarely ever happens. Just to put it out there, the Blazers have three trade exceptions. Uh, a trade exception they acquired in the Jake Lehman trade expires on July 6th. It's per- worth $1.8 million. I doubt they use that one. Small. They have a small one, a $2.3 million trade exception that uh, expires next February 6th from the Scal trade. I don't think they use that one. But the one that is there with the Baysmore trade, they have a $7 million trade exception, $7.1 million that expires next January 21st. There's a chance they could use that one. If there's another team that wants to, a lot of times it could happen like as part of a, a if a team needs to, to clear salary, if they're going after a player in the offseason, they need to free up some money on their books, then Teams with trade exceptions can absorb players. And so if there's a player out there that makes $7 million or less that the Blazers want and it's the right situation, it could happen, I wouldn't expect it to. But I think we should also look very quickly at 
the free agent exceptions they'll have this offseason and what players they might go after with that. If they don't bring back Trevor Ariza, they'll have a little bit more than $10 million in cap space. If they bring back Trevor Ariza, they'll have a little bit less than $10 million in a, a mid-level exception. I think that's probably what they'll do. And if they have about $10 million to go, you know, if they decide to use that all and not split it up between players, I think players they could look at that kind of fit needs that they have are Serge Ibaka, if he's not re-signed by the Raptors, Paul Millsap, if he's not re-signed by the Nuggets, and maybe Joe Harris, you know, a sharpshooter that could come off the bench, and, and he's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. So I think there are free agents out there that they can go get with that mid-level exception uh, this offseason. All right, next question's from Rascal. Do you think Dame searches for fouls too <laughs> often instead of just keeping his head down and besting them? I believe it has a negative effect on the refs. I don't know if he's looking for fouls. I think he's being fouled a lot of times, and then he's looking and wondering why a foul wasn't called versus seeking them. I think he's gotten better over the years, actually, at finishing at the rim. I don't know if the stats bear that out, but just you know, from my eye, it looks like he does finish better at the rim than he does. And we've seen him not get some calls. And he's not the only star player who does, who is looking for calls, as it's phrased here. Uh, just watch the Rockets on any given night, and you'll be you, – you don't think Dame looks for calls all that often if you watch a Rockets game. I don't think he is, but – I think as a as a, a star player, you've got to force the issue. You've yeah. got to work the refs. That's all part of the game. Mm -hmm. Even when you're you're growing up uh, playing basketball, like in your peewee days, like your coaches are constantly working the refs. Yeah. They're trying to get calls um, yeah. on, on those 50-50 plays. For later in the game, in a exactly. key moment, yeah. exactly. And and Dame gets fouled a lot, and I like that he that he forces the issue um, at times. But as a as a smaller guy, sometimes it's harder for for him to get those calls. That where if he's a you know a little bit bigger and you see that contact, I think yeah. refs are a little it's a little bit easier to see. Yeah, he's still one of the league leaders in free throw attempts per game. Yeah, and has he gets been his. for the past several seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think the refs are impacted by him. You know, trying to draw fouls at, you know, I, I don't mean, I, I agree with Nate. I don't think he's going in there trying to draw fouls. I think he's taking it to the basket and getting fouled. And I think with how much he complains to the rest, that's what star players do in the NBA. You have to. Yeah, that's kind of their job almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I don't think the refs are impacted by it at all. And they, they got to advocate for themselves, not only for themselves, but team. team. Yeah, yeah, team members as well. Like if, if you're Damian Lillard, you're advocating not for yourself, but for one through ten. You know, Anthony Simons can't yet can't get at a ref the way yeah. Damian Lillard can talk to a ref. You know, and we see when Damian Lillard obviously he's obviously refs respect him. We've seen him go after him and them not tee him up. It's pretty obvious the times when he's trying to get teed up or is really fired up, as we saw uh, in the Utah game after the goaltending. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I do think as as a point guard, as a guard, a smaller player in the league. You are trying to draw fouls when you get in there. Yeah. Like if he's attacking on it, let's say on a pick and roll, and it's a switch and it's a big, you're trying to get as much contact as you can. And obviously, yeah. like his bag of tricks is to get that ball up there and give it a chance to yeah. go in. But there are plays where he is seeking contact and seeking that foul because either trying to get said big in foul trouble or just to get to the line to get your shots going to get your your easy easy points. Yeah. Next question is from Sam on Facebook. Why don't we get more updates on our injured players? Ah. <laughs> Orlando wants to know the same thing, Sam. <laughs> I know. Preach, Sam. <laughs> Preach. 
Um, that I think that's a, a great question, but uh, you know they've got to protect the players in many different ways. I think with Yusuf Nurkic, the I think a lot of that was to protect him and and yeah. not get him too worked up mentally and force force things. And so I I really think that it is partially in their in their um, best best behalf, I guess. But man, I really wish we had a better idea too. And I'm sure people who gamble <laughs> and bet on the <laughs> yeah, want, want yeah. continuous updates on, on uh, injuries for these players. But I, I think that's a great question, and not much is going to change on that route. No. Yeah, it's, it's right for them to protect the players. I mean, if you put a target date out there, especially, like, well in advance, then that puts a lot of pressure on the player, too, because that number is out there in the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they feel pressured to, to come back by that date. And when you're trying to recover, especially from a serious injury, you shouldn't have any of that pressure on you. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you guys say. I'm with Sam. I want more info, <laughs> man. Come on yeah, now. I agree, dude. I want to know right now when Yusuf Nurkic is coming back, when Damian Lillard is coming back, so I can know if he comes back for the Magic game after they lose to the Hawks. Yeah. I want to know, know if my picks will be right. You're right. Yeah. I, want, I want a percentage. Where's he at today? Yeah. Zach Collins reportedly working out with the team. I want to know, is he 60% or 65%? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me. All right, next one's from Laby340. Is Rodney Hood going to be back on opening night? Please tell me next year I'm going to be a lot happier (laughs) watching Blazers games than this year. Yes, you will. I think yes on both questions. I think Hood will be back by opening night, and I think that next season should be much better than this season. I mean, you never know. None of us thought that the Blazers were going to have these kind of injury concerns this season, so anything can happen, but the Blazers look to be a much better team next season. Yeah, Hood got hurt in early December. That game was against the Lakers, and so that you're looking at ten and a half months of recovery before opening night uh, next year. And so, yeah, I think that's realistic. I think he'd be back by then. And I'm not even going to say it should be better. Next season will be that. better <laughs> nice. than next ne- than this season. No flip-flopping there. I loved it. Wait till we start talking in October. (laughs) (laughs) He nailed it. Next question is from Jan, kind of along the same lines. When do you guys think Zach Collins will be able to play with the team? I think he'll be back by late March. I do think he'll be back. Yeah. He's progressing as he should with this injury. I mean, you never know if he'll have a setback, but I think that late March is when I would expect to see him back. So about three weeks from now? Yeah. Wow, we're almost to March, guys. It's on Sunday. It's crazy. crazy. The season seems like it's taken forever and dragged on sometimes, but it is like kind of like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're actually getting down to it here at the end. Orlando, you haven't thought Zach was going to come back when we talked uh, last week. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still on that side okay. where I think he's not going to, but at least by – some accounts, the progress is there, and to our discussions of previous podcasts, like it would be so beneficial to get him back out there and play some meaningful minutes by the end of the year. Yeah. So I, I hope Jared is right and we get a chance to see Zach play before the season is over. All right, next one comes in from our old pal Matthew, the Reverend Romulus. Oh, these what are good man? ones. These are good <laughs> ones. Matthew says, a lot of the conversation surrounding the poor play this year is focused on the team missing Zach and Nurk. But before the season, (laughs) there was genuine concern about these two playing together as the center and the power forward. Are we putting too much pressure on them to save the team moving forward? I think he's listening in on some of the conversations (laughs) we have. This is the second week in a row he's fired off a question that's very similar to something we talked about uh, in our questions. 
are we putting too much pressure on them to save the team? I don't think so. Uh, they're both young players and coming off injuries, but you know, if you want to be on a winning team and competing for to be a better team in the playoffs and potentially compete for a championship, like you're gonna have pressure, and so maybe the Blazers should address in the offseason if they can depth behind them a little better than they did this past offseason. But I don't think you're putting too much pressure on them. If the Blazers are going to be a top-four team in the West next year, Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins are going to have to be healthy and they're going to have to play well. Yeah, and I think the, the two of them together, we talked about this last week on the podcast, how in the little amount of time they played together it wasn't very effective, but I think the NBA is going a little bit away from the small ball phenomenon that kind of came about because of the Warriors. Don't success. tell the Rockets. Well, yeah, the Rockets. And they've been really good, yeah. so I'll give them credit. But I think that you can play – I think their games are dissimilar enough that you can play them together. I mean, I don't know. I think it would be too much pressure next season if they don't have good backups and if yeah. they don't have any depth. But I don't think that – I don't expect that to be the case, so – don't expect them to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> All right, we're moving to the trade portion of the listener questions. All right. This one's from Dame Daddy. I like is, that. Is trading CJ an actual possibility? If so, what kind of return or market does he have? Oh, man. Should it be? Yes. Is it? Is it? No. I don't think so. Right now, I agree. At this point, Neil O'Shea has given no indication whatsoever, ever, that he would trade C.J. McCollum. And C.J. McCollum's playing well right now, and he's still, you know, one of the better shooting guards in the NBA. So, And I, I also don't think uh, kind of to the rest of the question, what was his, what would his value be? I don't think that you would get equal or better value if you traded C.J. McCollum. I agree. And so I think that in that case, it's better to hold on to him than, than trade him for, for, for lesser pieces. I think we're all in agreement that it's not a pos an actual possibility at this time that the Blazers deal C.J. McCollum. Um, I don't know what we're what we all think. You, I agree with you on terms of what his value would be on the market. You would, because we talked last week very briefly at the end of our C.J. McCollum conversation about uh, his contract. Yeah, and is he overpaid or not? And I would argue that moving forward, he will be overpaid. And so when you factor that in, and you're trying to deal him. I'm with Jared. I don't think you're going to get the value you would have expected you could get for C.J. McCollum if you've had this conversation for the past two or three years. I I don't think you're going to get a player who's as good as C.J. right now to help your team. And future draft assets or future assets, the Blazers don't want to hear. Damian Lillard especially doesn't want to hear that right now if you're going to trade C.J. McCollum. So, yeah, I don't think they would get the return many fans would expect. Yeah, right. Jared is, is right, absolutely right about this. I agree with everything Jared said. And even in terms Not of... Not what I said? What Jared said. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but the return is kind of the interesting thing with any player. And I, and I was thinking about, like, what would make... When do you come up? When when do you actually win one of these? And it's usually, what, a young player on a rookie contract, yeah. um, a superstar where you can get more in return, or a 3-and-D type player, like... Yeah, one of those. It, the only way the Blazers would get value wouldn't be they wouldn't get a player as good as CJ McCollum, but they would get a player maybe that better fits the roster or a player or two that as a whole better fits and complements the roster together. But you wouldn't get a player who's going to score twenty two points a night right. like CJ McCollum. That's why I think most Blazers fans who continue to pose the CJ 
scenario expect something greater in return. I'm like, no, you're not going to get that. It's going to be a player that, that you mentioned yeah. that's going to maybe fit better, but it's not going to be a name or a dude that's going to fill it up points-wise. And you have to take into consideration not just CJ's you know, value in the regular season, but he his value in the playoffs is yeah. so much higher than it is during the regular season yep. because you need a player who can go out and make bad, difficult shots and mm-hmm. you know break guys down off the dribble, create their own shot in the playoffs when things tighten up, and he is one of the best in the NBA at doing that. So, yeah, I, I don't think you'd get good value if you traded CJ. And we talk about it in the postseason how the Blazers, because they don't have any you know small forwards who could shoot on the roster, that everyone's focused on Dame and CJ. Could you imagine if CJ wasn't there and the defense got a lock-in on Dame? Like, there's no way they win the Denver series without CJ being as great as he was because they locked in on Dame, and luckily CJ made him pay just enough that they are able to win the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys don't think they can trade CJ for Bradley Beal? No. <laughs> <laughs> because the reason I bring that up, no. we got a very similar question from two people on Facebook, Chris Anderson and Michael Jeffers. Should we trade Nurkic and CJ and go get Aaron Gordon and Bradley Beal? Starting five, theoretically, would be Lillard, Beal, Gordon, Carmelo, and Hassan Whiteside, and then get some bench help after that. What do you guys think about that very hypothetical <laughs> trade. <laughs> I, I love mean, those I would have to be two separate trades. Yes, they would. Uh, looking at trading Nurkic, no, especially for Aaron Gordon. I mean, Aaron Gordon has never proven himself to be anything more than kind of a disappointment to what his potential, yeah, you know, says he should be. He doesn't r- really quite fit a position in the NBA or a real specific need for winning teams in the NBA in terms of Aaron Gordon. And in terms of Bradley Beal, like Bradley Beal is a better player than CJ McCollum. Why in the world would the Wizards hypothetically ever make that deal? If the Wizards were to trade Bradley Beal, it would be part of a larger rebuild. Yeah. And in that case, you're not looking for a player like CJ McCollum, who's, you know, 28, soon to be 29. You're looking at young players, draft picks, stuff like that. Like top five picks. Right. So that just, that trade, yes. I mean, if you could trade CJ McCollum for Bradley Beal, Absolutely. Of course you'd do yeah. that. Bradley Beal is a better player than CJ McCollum, but I don't think that's a realistic trade that could happen. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And in terms of the Nurkic-Aaron Gordon thing, like you're right. I'd rather have, even with the health concerns of Yusuf Nurkic and moving forward, I'd rather have Yusuf Nurkic on my roster, especially at the money he's making compared to Aaron Gordon. When he's healthy, I think he's a top-five center. Yeah. All right, next question from Belgian Blazer. Is Whiteside a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, this topic. <laughs> Let's say why uh, this is a question. Also, um, he put a hand over your mouth laughing emoji with his question. Yeah. Um, so I think his question was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but after one of their recent games, Hassan Whiteside said he believes he should be Defensive Player of the Year, and then some on Twitter and in the Portland media agreed with him. Um, no. For one thing, the Blazers' defense ranks 27th in the NBA. And I know Defensive Player of the Year is an individual award, but if you're the best defensive player in the NBA, your team should not be ranked that low on defense, no matter who else is around you on the court. Correct. Second, if we're just looking at it individually, I know he leads the league in blocks and is one of the best rebounders. That doesn't matter. Those aren't good stats to determine whether a player is a good defender. What does matter are... 
you know, advanced stats like real plus minus or PIPM. And in PIPM, he ranks 12th in defensive PIPM. And in real plus minus, he ranks 32nd in defense RPM. And those are among centers. <laughs> not even you, bar lot. you buried the lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> among centers. Yeah. So no, he's not. Listen, Whiteside has, for the most part, done what the Blazers brought him in to do. Yes. To be a good stopgap until Nurkic comes back. He's had one of his best statistical seasons of his career, if not the best. And that's great. But all this talk about him being the one of the best defensive players in the NBA, no, come on. Like, it's not would true. You, would you rather have, in terms of defense, would you rather have Yusuf Nurkic playing center or Hassan Whiteside? Yusuf Nurkic, 100%. 100%. And I think most people would agree on that, and no one was remotely talking about Yusuf Nurkic being Defensive Player of the Year. The only reason we're talking Hassan Whiteside is because he brought it up and because he leads the league in blocks. Like, that's the only reason. There's no one who could say they'd rather have Hassan Whiteside on their team for defensive reasons, just defense, over a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo right. or Anthony Davis. And those type of players, you know, that's who we're talking about here. And so, yeah, this is no, no, no. I'm be I'm about to be triggered again. No, no, no. <laughs> I do like that uh, he brought it up. I think it's cool. He should. And it's he totally have fine for him to yeah. feel that way. Yeah, it's, and it's he, cool. he he should bring, bring it, up. it up. And he's going into a contract here. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, you know, rebounding and and blocks they they do matter. Um, but like when I look at these individual awards, like when we look at MVP, what's the first thing that most people are, are associated with? It's a Winning. good team. Yeah. yeah. Like you've got to be one of the top two or three teams in the league, yeah. really, to to win this award. And so, even though it is an individual award, like that matters. And so, no, he's not. He's not in the discussion. This is like asking if Trey Young should be MVP. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a comparison there. Great analogy. All right, guys. Last question. This one comes from our friends at Pinwheel Empire. Which three Blazers from the last 20 years would you select if you were to re-record Bust a Bucket? Is this a punk question, Orlando? Because this one <laughs> makes you think as well. <laughs> it made it me does laugh. make you think. <laughs> it made me laugh when, when uh, I read it. So shout out to Pinwheel Empire. actually yeah. went to YouTube and, and played the video again and listened to it. And that was pretty cool. You know, the little spots there. Yeah. Uh, Terry Porter had his nice little moment in there. So. Yeah, you had Terry Porter... Buck Williams, Jerome Kersey, Kevin Duckworth, and I think Lamont Struthers. Correct. So what? But they want three players. Are remaking it. I mean, you have to have Dame in there. You're correct. He's the one like Blazers player we know who's <laughs> who know, can rap. He, he would talented. legitimize it. Yeah. Right, right. Does it have to be Blazers players, or can it be anyone? Which three Blazers from the last twenty years? Yeah. I'll let you choose and someone you from the coaching staff of, yeah. or front I office if that's where you're going. I don't know if this is true. But I have a feeling that Kevin Calabro has Ooh. a beautiful singing voice. Oh, so I, I like this. I like this. Yes, accepted. So Dame Calabro. <laughs> you, when Kevin, when Calabro starts, when games, when the Blazers are losing by 15 or 20 with a couple minutes left and Calabro just starts randomly singing tunes, it's amazing. I, I did. I, I, I love the Calabro answer. Um, well, who did, is his I, third? I, I You're not hear, letting him finish. Oh, no, no. I, I was a, kind of a side note. Okay. Um, but I did hear Lamar Heard, like, freestyle. Oh. And, like, it was pretty good. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know he had that in his arsenal. Like, yeah. He's a wordsmith. I think you have to have the variety. You do. Yes. You know, you've got the crooner in Calabro. You've got the rapper in <laughs> Dame. Who's number three? 
I love you got uh, Calabro is now Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, who's number three? See, it's, that's so hard. I c- I'm, I've, I'm having a hard time coming up with number three. <laughs> I I I just picked three Blazers who were pretty beloved by the fan base. <laughs> Dame gives the gives cre- gives everyone uh, legitimacy yeah, in this yeah. group. Uh, I put Nurkic in there because I think fans would love to see Yusuf Nurkic in yeah. in yeah. that type That's of good. setting. And then Robin Lopez was my third because <laughs> oh, he was beloved. That's nice. So that those were the three players I thought of. Yeah, uh, Rolo was on my list. Yeah, um, uh, I also like she. Because he's a really good talker, so yeah. I think he's going to have some great one-liners. Um, I'll I'll remove Dame since uh, we already know how good he is, um, and maybe add somebody like Whiteside. I don't know if you guys have seen him. Um, he is a soundbite machine. Yes, and he's got some funny one-liners. Um, if you ever check out his Instagram story, it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's like bundle up bundle up you know like, <laughs> uh he he cracks me up so i think he would be funny when it comes to ad libs and, and stuff. what did he say about cj after the detroit game like i searched up googled i googled bucket bucket and yeah. cj mccollum <laughs> came up yeah. that was what he said right yeah, yeah. Yep. this is past 20 years yeah past yeah. 20 years yeah. all right for my third i'm gonna bring back uh he wouldn't come and do this but i'm gonna bring back arvita sabonis oh, oh there you go so you got you got <laughs> Jared's is Dame Kevin Calabro and Arvidas Sabonis. Love it. I'd Three to, misfits to together. It. If you've ever seen it, I'm so ready for this Calabro uh, collaboration. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a great question from Pinwheel Empire, and again, thanks to everybody who sent those in. Yeah. And now the question is: Are we ready to rip it? Woo! Always. Great to be back. Another week of Rip It. How's it, how's it going, gentlemen? Oh. I don't know the result. You got this, Jared. This Come on. Well, are you rooting for, you're at the Come same on, point Jared is. You should be rooting Listen, for yourself. I'm rooting for an Orlando win, a myself win, or a tie. Any well, of those three, I'm good. Orlando got a win last week thanks yeah. to a very controversial finish to the slam dunk yeah, contest. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. So he's still in it. Jared's still in it. Nate, on, though, Jared. has guys, a very big lead. Yeah, I got five. You guys are at two. I still have more than what your wins are combined. I think we have six weeks left in the regular season. Oh, you guys are in trouble. So it, it's still There's a chance a we could all finish at tied at five. <laughs> now, there wouldn't that be something? That, that would, would be, be incredible. Something. All right, well, let's get to last week's recap. We're going <laughs> back to the game against the New Orleans Pelicans. All right. First question was, which team will shoot a better field goal percentage in the game? All three of you said the Pelicans, and you all got it right. Woo! 54% in the game. Blazers shot 46%, and they lost. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stoppers out there. <laughs> a lot of layups, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of stoppers, next question yeah. for this game. Over under 24 points for Zion oh. Williamson. Didn't he get 25? Orlando, oh, you you yeah. went under. Oh, you, no. said, you said the tape is out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you were referring to the, uh, the Zion stopper, Trevor Ariza. Nate, you also went under. You said we Ariza. We did it again. Ariza's coming for him. Jared just sat there and he said, I'm so going over. <laughs> and Zion, 
25 points. Oh, one. one. He came through for oh, me. Oh, Max. Max, and Max I, you are such a legend. And I believe he only scored two in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. So that one bucket in the yeah. fourth quarter did it. Why don't they just not let him See, play in the fourth? They've got him figured out now, man. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Jared good on thing, the board there. Good, good thing they don't play him again. Yeah, I know. Too bad. <laughs> All right, we're going to the Pistons game. This question was, who will make the most three-pointers between Gary Trent Jr., Langston Galloway, or Svi Mikhailuk? We all went, I think, different on this one. You I did. Guess, uh, you did. Jared went with Svi. Way to go. Thank you. Nate, you went with Langston we'll Galloway. And Why Orlando, not? you went with Gary Trent Jr. Why not? Gary Trent Jr., 0 for 2. From oh, oh, Orlando. All right. A big O there for the big O. This is all you, Jared. Come Lang- on. Langston Galloway went oh. 2 for 5. Uh-oh. This, he's saving Jared for last. Svee Mikhailuk, one for four. Oh, oh yeah. Svee Langston. Jeez. Nate gets that one. Max with All a right. good setup there. I thought he was going to say Steve with like three. Yeah. yeah. He mixed it up. He did. I got to keep you guys on your toes. Oh. Yeah. Well. Next question, Blazers versus Celtics. Question was who will score the most points, C.J. McCollum, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker or Jalen Brown? Oh, oh DME, dude. Crazy. Oh, come on. Uh, we had two of you go with Kemba. Oh, oh, I know. That was Nate and Orlando. Kemba did not play, still still bothered by a knee injury. Jared, you went with C.J. McCollum, but you didn't get it right either. All right. Jason Tatum, 36 points. He is on a new level. Yeah, man, he's been playing really well yeah, over the last eight, month. Yeah, like eight threes in that game. Yeah, and he oh, destroyed man. the Jazz last night. I don't know if you guys caught any of that. He did the same thing there. How many did he put up in, like, the first half against the Lakers when they played the other night, too? He had a great first half in that game. Man. Mm. So, right now, oh, we're man. going in the last question now, right? Yeah, we're going to the wild card. Oh. So, right now, I have two. Jared has two. Oh, and Orlando man. has one, I believe. Is Jared, the, we need you, dude. Is where we're we at right you, now. That's oh, right. Come on. That's right. The wild, Win this thing. The wild card question of the week was, which team – Pelicans, Pistons, or Celtics, will the Blazers make the most three-pointers against? Oh. And, Jared, you went with the Pelicans. Orlando and Nate, you both went with the Pistons. So against the Pelicans. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I have no idea. No clue whatsoever. Blazers made ten threes against against the Pelicans. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Against Detroit, they made 13. Oh, man. Against Boston. Come on. Also 13. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a tie. No. No. Oh, no, yeah. It, it's not a tie. No. Oh, yeah. No, Nate yeah, gets it. I got it. Because no. there, was, there was a tie for the top answer. Oh, so, I, no. yeah. So, Nate gets it, which oh means Nate has won again, gentlemen. He, three out of five for Nate. Orlando, tough break, two out of five. Jared, also two out of five. Man. Congrats, Nate. He's pulling, he's pulling away. The, the king is back on top, friends. Orlando is... His head is in his hands. Why can't we be taping the promo now so we can have Orlando's <laughs> look on the promo? I wish you could see what I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh. Uh, for the people who don't know, oh. there's a new TV promo with with all of us on it, mainly Orlando for good reason. Uh, but that's one of the things Orlando says on it. Yeah, tune in to KGW for that. Yeah. It's a good promo. I really like it. I just got to say – 
if you see me dribbling on that promo, <laughs> <laughs> please know that I was doing the Stanley dribble from the office, and I do not actually dribble like that. <laughs> that's an important qualifier. Of all of our like footage that they shot, that's what that shows. <laughs> that was the one. That was you did it for like one day. I know. That was the one they picked. Too. <laughs> it was pretty great. That almost cheered me up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it makes Jared feel like the dad of the podcast, yeah. which Jared, in a way, yep. is. Yep. We get all it of our out. our life lessons from Jared. Yeah. Yeah. He, Jerry's like the Terry Stotts of the podcast. Oh, nice. Yep. All right, guys, we're running a little bit long, so let's get to this week's game. Are we sure we can't celebrate that win a little bit longer, guys? No? This one hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. This for is you. the Rodney you, Hood injury I of hate Rip It. to be the bearer of bad news, <laughs> yeah. but Nate's been crushing this season. Oh, man. I know, yeah. That's sick. At some point, we're going to be mathematically eliminated. Yeah, it's coming. It, it's, it, it's, it's coming us. real quick now. Oh, oh, You're running out of weeks. All right, Blazers at Pacers. The question, how many Blazers will score in double oh, figures? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> Blazers in double figures Blazers against the Pacers? in double figures against the Pacers. Nate has to go first. Go Four. Forward, Nate. Four. All right. I'll take, well, what Orlando. The, I'll take the easy answer. That's your favorite you number, first. Orlando. What are you going to do? I'm back, baby. Four. 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 <laughs> All right, Jared, what do you think? Three. Three. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, I got to wow. go for wins. <laughs> I know. Man, you Ooh. better be like – the column white side and mellow, and that's like it. <laughs> no one else. That's very possible. It is, but <laughs> it's possible. All right. Someone's got to score, right? Yeah. Blazers at Hawks. Over under 30 Wait, points. Wait, can I change? <laughs> <laughs> you locked it in. He's already locked it in. We've moved right. on. Move on. I was going to change to five, but if it's already locked in. I, oh, man. <laughs> we've, we've locked it in. We moved on. <laughs> We're trying to go fast here, Jared. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's going to be five now. You guys know. Yeah, that. I do. I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you had allowed him to change, it was going to be three. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Blazers at Hawks. Over under 30 points for Trey Young. Over. Jared's going over. Nate, what are you doing? Uh, Yeah. The Hawks are winning. He he may drop 50. Yeah. Okay. Orlando. Over. All right. We're sweeping it. Blazers at Magic. Which team will shoot a better field goal percentage? Orlando, we'll start with you here. I'll take Portland. All right, Jared? Give me Portland. I don't want to have another sweep here, but but I also don't think it's going to be the magic. Oh, That goes against your pick, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Oh, man, man, I just wanted to go back to the magic now. You want wait? You want to do over? Is that what you're saying but again? But I think it's already locked in. I said. Oh, it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's having the, Jared is I really so having a difficult time so right now. So wishy-washy this week. Yeah, man, you call me a flip-flopper, Alonda. <laughs> Look to your good friend on that, your right over there. That Nate Ripit victory has a shook. Dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what, what are you gonna do, Nate? Let's make another clean sweep, the Blazers. All right. All right. Blazers against the Wiz. Who's gonna score the most points? Bradley Beal. Oh, you know where this is going. C.J. McCollum. <laughs> Or Damian Lillard. Ooh, wild card yeah. factor. <laughs> I knew he was going to do this, man. I knew it. <laughs> I'm going Bradley Beal. All right. He's Here. dropped 50 a couple yeah. nights back in a row. Back to back, right? yeah. Lillard's dropped some 50s. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to that game? Is that the game you're going to? No, that's okay. not the Wizards game. Okay, okay. No, no. Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, by the way, for podcast listeners, I'm going to the Blazers-Kings game on Saturday, March 7th, I think is the correct date. That's the day Yusuf Nurkic is coming back. You heard it on the podcast first. He's wow. gonna have a I like it. He's going to have a table set up so you can go hang, take pictures with Nate. Yeah. Hang out <laughs> with Nate. Say hi. Get some autographs. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm kidding, but it, he'll take a free beer from you. If you're <laughs> <laughs> I'll take multiple free yep, beers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Jared went with Beal. Nate, what's your answer? Let's go with Lillard. Let's swing for the fences here. Okay, Orlando. Are yeah. you b- are you back on the CJ train, Orlando? Have you forgiven? Have you moved on? If Dame wasn't on this, I was going to take Christian oh. James, but I'm taking Dame. All right. All right. This brings us to the wild card question of the week. This is a new one. Nice. Which game, Pacers, Hawks, Magic, or Wizards, or choices, will have the highest combined point oh. total between the two teams? Wow. So the highest scoring oh, overall man. game, Pacers, Hawks, Magic, or Wizards? I'll go first on this one. To me, it's down to two teams, two games. It's either the Wizards game or the Hawks game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Wizards game is All the right. one with the most combined points. All right. Orlando, what are your thoughts? I don't want to pick the same thing Nate did, but I want to pick the that game. Well, we picked something different, I think, earlier. Did we? Did I think we? we did. Just to be safe, I'll take the Hawks game. All right. Jared? Give me the Hawks game. Oh, All you right. guys just dug your own graves right there, <laughs> my friends. I think what correct me if I'm wrong, but the Pacers home game, it was like one twenty four to one ten or something. It was it was a, a high scoring affair. It was yeah. very high scoring, yeah. so it's just the Wizards don't play like they play like no defense. That's and the Hawks are the true. same, right? And the Hawks yeah. I think are one of the worst defensive teams too. And the Blazers of course don't guard anyone. No. So there, there are a lot of good choices in that one. I feel like the Magic's the only one that you can rule out because they can't score. Uh, they play good defense or all right defense, but they can't score. Yeah. The real winner in Rip It is always Max Barr for coming. Oh, that brilliant is true. Question. Oh, the one and only Max Barr. I'm still not to your level, Max. No, nope. I feel like I'm getting close. Well, and thank that's you, thank you guys, and I can't wait to do another recap with you next week. I can't wait till Max gives me my seventh win next <laughs> week, guys. Oh, no. Up to seven. I can't Next wait till week. Max plays you out. <laughs> 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 All right, let's bring it home. Uh, well, subscribe, give five stars. You know what to do. We'll see you next week. Well done. <laughs>